So, always getting ready for that Easter, uh, you know, trying to, to be prepared for that, that Easter message, Resurrection Day. Um, and, and sometimes we, we get to us preachers, get to the point of where we're so fixated on this other date that we don't know what we're going to do the week before. Uh, I woke up this past Monday and I'm like, oh Lord, what am I going to do um, for this coming Sunday? Because I, my, my mind has been thinking about Resurrection Sunday and, and, and where that's going to be. And so the Lord took me the, the very first, that Monday morning I was praying and I was reading the scripture and God took me to John chapter 5. And, and I've been there all week long. Uh, I can't let it go. And it's this question that Jesus asks this man, do you want to get well? So guys, if, if you want to turn in your Bibles and follow along there, I will have the scriptures on behind me, but I want you to always make sure that I'm right where I need to be. But God's going to do something today. Uh, I don't know if you can feel it. When you can begin to feel the Holy Spirit moving in the room, someone's being made well today. Someone's got something in their life that's not whole. Someone's going to be made well. I don't know who. That's not up to me. My only job is just to teach God's Word as it is, not as I would have it. So in John chapter chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, that we're going to start there, it says this, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool in which Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 30 Eight years. It's a long time, isn't it? 38 years to be unable to take care of yourself, to be unable to walk, unable to um, even get to the temple to praise God. What I want to start off with is this. This gives us the context. Jesus is going into this place, and there is a great number of of sick people, disabled people, sick people. There's all different kinds of people in this. It says there used to be a lot. There's many people in this. So I want you to understand and, 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 and catch the setting. There's a pool, and here's the deal is it was a pagan ritual. When the, world, when the water would stir, people would jump into the water to be healed. It was a pagan ritual, not a God ritual. And so here's this man who's Jewish, who believes in the one true God, and he's sitting at a pagan pool, hoping that he can get healed through this pagan ritual. And there's all of these people in this one area, they're all sick. They all need healing. They all need the touch of God. And here's what I want you to see is this. Only one was chosen in that moment. On that day when Jesus walked in, he didn't walk in and, and cover a blanket and everyone walked out healed. There was one that got healed this day. One. God doesn't heal all of our physical ailments, and He doesn't heal every person who wants to be healed. That's kind of hard to say. Why do some get healing and, and others not? 
My, my son, I, I share a lot, um, passed away just a little over three years ago at the age of 14 from brain cancer. We prayed. We anointed him with oil. We had faith. We knew that God could do it. But God chose not to. I have a great friend. His name is Wade Hall. Uh, he had what we believed was terminal cancer, and they were just hoping to contain it and give him time. And, and now he's, he's full. They, he, went to the, he went back for a, a, another set of, of chemo and radiation after a prayer meeting. He said, man, I felt, I felt this warmth going up and down like somebody was massaging my chest and my esophagus. And I, I went back to the hospital. They, they took the test, and they, could, they said, you don't even need to come back. We can't even find this cancer. So why did God heal one and not another, right? Isn't it amazing, though? See, I want you to understand is this, God still heals. If anyone sits around and says, well, God only did that in the past, that's a lie. God still heals, but God still chooses. So why did he choose to heal Wade and not, and not Malachi? I, I firmly believe with all of my heart that God did what was best for his kingdom. Not necessarily what I felt was best for me or what I wanted for my son, but here's the thing. Malachi was so strong in his faith, faith as a 14-year-old boy, and he knew what was coming. He knew what the doctors had told him, and he held on to his faith in his last breath. He told the whole world what he believed. Sometimes our calling in life is to die in our faith, to die well. Some of us will be made well to share the world. So here's the deal is there's a big difference, and, and it's both beautiful. To die in the Lord is a beautiful thing because you, you let go of all of this mess, and you wake up in glory. I wouldn't wish my son back for a m million reasons, anything, because I know when he woke up where he woke up, and there's no way I wouldn't want that for him. No matter how bad, I want to have one more conversation just to see what we would talk about. See, what I'm wanting you to understand is that God walked in. When Jesus walked into this pool, he healed one. Why he healed one? Well, God knows. He's God. It's for his glory. It's not about worthiness. It's not as if one is worthy and the other one is not worthy. Because the reality is this, none of us are worthy. So it's not about worthiness. It's not about fairness. Because I can promise you this, Malachi would say absolutely fair. He would take that a hundred times out of a hundred now what he knows and what he has seen and what he's experienced. There's no way he would want to come back here. In fact, I can guarantee you I know who the maddest person, the most angry person in the entire Bible is, and that's Lazarus. He had four days in the kingdom, and then Jesus is like, come on back, and he's like, no, I don't want to come back to that. Why would you? So here's a man, sick for 38 years, carrying around sickness and weakness, and, and here's the reality is there's many of us in this very room carrying around sickness and weakness and struggles and circumstances for a long time. 
Some of us have been carrying around depression for a long time. Some of us have been carrying around anxiety for a long time. Some of us sitting in here today has been carrying around with you anger and bitterness and unforgiveness for a long time. Maybe today is your day. Maybe today's the day that that addiction goes away. Maybe today's that day that the depression never shows up again. Wouldn't that be great? Maybe today's the day where you never thirst for alcohol again. Maybe today is that day. But if it's not, we're going to praise God anyways. Whether we get that healing or not, we praise God because he's worthy. So Jesus sees him, saw him lying there, and he learned that he'd been there in this condition for a long time. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And I want want you to to think about this. Picture yourself as that man. Maybe I I want you today to picture whatever you're carrying around with you, whatever you've been carrying a long time. I want you to picture that. Maybe, Maybe it's anxiety or depression or discouragement or anger or bitterness. Maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's an addiction, but I want, you to, I want you to picture yourself sitting there and Jesus saying, do you want to be made well? Do you? You see, here's the deal. Jesus couldn't make this man want to be well. Just like I can't make you want to be well. In fact, the sad point it is, is there's a lot of people in our lives that want us to be made well more than we want to be made well. See, no one can want it for you. Jesus didn't ask all the other people, said, hey, how many of you would like it if I healed this man? He asked that man, do you, do you? And so some of us sitting in here, you've been carrying around things with you for a long time. Do you still want to carry that around? Do you still want to carry that burden? Are you tired of it? I've met a lot of ministers along the way that have told me that they believe that healing is over. That that was only done by the disciples. Philip, where are you at? Stand up. Philip got saved 36 days ago. (laughs) Philip has struggled with alcohol his entire life. And he couldn't shake it. He came to church. Couldn't shake it. Couldn't stop. Nicotine, tobacco, everything. 36 days ago when you surrendered your life to Jesus, you haven't even thirsted for it. You haven't desired it. Never before has that happened in your life. Thank you, Philip. Philip's going to be baptized in two weeks from today. That's going to be a day of celebration, isn't it? Huh? Yep. Somebody that says that God doesn't heal, they're blind. Or maybe they're just in a dead church. I don't know. See, God is alive, and God can do anything, anytime, anywhere He wants. But it doesn't mean that He has to either. So, 
He asks this question, do you want to get well? The word, the, the word well, I'm going to start at the very back. The word well is just like being well, wellness. That's what it's speaking of. The word want here is, is thelo, present active in the Greek. And so it means this, do, do you express a desire to get better? Do you desire to get better? When he says, do you want to get well, he's asking a question is, do you really want it? Do you, do, is there anything in you that's expressing that you want to get better? You say, man, I've been carrying this anger around a long time. Is there anything in you that's expressing a desire to get rid of the anger? Because a lot of us really like to carry our garbage around. If we're just being honest, a lot of us like, I really like carrying that around. More people feel sorry for me. Or I'm just not willing to let go of this anger. So if you're not really willing to forgive someone and you want to keep carrying that around, he's not going to make you want it. You have to want it. You have to have a desire to get rid of what's holding you back. You have to have a desire saying, God, I don't want it anymore. I don't want the thirst for alcohol anymore. God, I don't want drugs anymore. God, I don't want this anger. God, I don't want the greed. God, I don't want it anymore. See, there's a, the problem with why people don't see a lot of healing today is because we don't want it. The other thing that I want to bring out is the word get. And, and, and this is, do you want to get well? So, to get in the Greek means to acquire something. We know what the something is. The something is, he's asking him, do you want to be healed? Do you want, do you want to... Uh, so, so, when he says get well, he's, he's talking about, do you want to acquire healing today but what's amazing and the whole key to this passage is the middle voice in greek middle voice means that jesus is is asking him to meet him in the middle see a lot of times what we just think is is i just want you to heal me as long as i don't as long as i don't have to do anything heal me because we would we would love for this verse to not be middle voice we would rather it be passive voice that means that God's going to do all the work and I don't do anything I don't have to put any effort I don't have to try I don't have to do nothing we just want we want to just receive everything without ever happening and God's like no here's what's going to happen is do you want it and are you willing to get up out of your seat are you willing to move are you willing to make some changes in your life are you willing to stop doing some things that you know you need to stop you see, that's what he's asking. He's not just saying, hey, hey, do you want me just to throw down a, a heavenly miracle for you and you don't, you don't have to do... He's saying, you, are you willing to meet me? You guys catching that? You see, a lot of people say, well, I want healing and I want to be cured of this and I want, I want rid of this as long as I don't have to do anything. Sadly, isn't that kind of the American way? I mean, let's be honest, right? Isn't that how we're, where a lot of us kind of stand is, I, I want it, I just don't really want to work at it. I, I don't really want to show up once a week to go to celebrate recovery. I, I want it, I just don't want to have to show up for it. Well, I don't think you really want it. Huh? One of the things that we say in CR is works if you work it. <laughs> so, all right. So the, the key here that I think in this whole entire passage is this part where, where, where the middle voice is like, he has the power. Are you willing to get up? He doesn't even know that he has the ability to get up yet. 
What if when Jesus tells him to get up, he just stays down? I wonder how many of us are lying down in our healing, still living like we're sick when we've already been healed. How many of us are sitting in a jail cell with the door wide open? Huh? We've already received the freedom, but we're still sitting in the jail cell. How many of us are doing that? Mm. All right, let's keep going. So he says, do you want to get well? And here's what the, 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 the man said back to Jesus. Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm uh, trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Sir, Jesus is asking him, do you want to get well? And he goes, sir, I have no one. He's full of excuses, isn't he? How many of us use those kind of excuses for us not getting better either? I don't have anybody in my life that's going to help me. No one helps me. I love it when we say no one because that is an absolute lie. You need help. Get help. There's all kinds of support groups out there that will help. There's all kinds of ministries out there. When we start saying no one, we're not looking for someone. Really what we want to do is just sit there in pity city, what my grandma calls it. Pity city. We like to pitch a, pitch a tent in pity city. No one will help me. I've tried. How many of you have used that one before? I tried. It didn't work, right? I tried, but I'm done trying. I'm just going to go back to the thing that I already know doesn't work for me. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I'm going to go back to what's already ruined my life because I tried and it didn't work. Well, maybe you were trying on, in your own. Jesus didn't ask him, hey, are you trying hard enough? Jesus is asking, hey, I want to get involved in your life. I want to get involved. Jesus wants to get involved in your life. So quit trying to do it on your own. You don't need anyone else. If no one else wants to help you, all you need is what? Jesus. That's all you need. But others go before me. Sometimes we kind of lie around and we kind of, uh, we think that other people are getting what we deserve. There was some time that I really had to work on my heart a lot when Jesus, when, when, when Jesus didn't heal Malachi. It was hard. It was, it was really hard. It was a, a, a struggle to pray when other people asked me to pray for them. There was a struggle. Like, I don't know, I, I had such, I had, there, God had to deal with me. There was times I'm like, I don't know if you want me to pray for you because my prayers didn't do very good for my own child. I mean, that's where my head was sometimes. And God had to just keep teaching me and keep having mercy on me and grace on me and saying, your son did marvelous. Your son did great. The Bible in 2 Timothy 4, 7, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, it says, Paul was about to be executed for his faith. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. That's what my son did. And so the Lord showed me that there was a healing. It just wasn't the healing that I was looking for. 
When Malachi breathed his last breath in his last moments, so he, when he came home from the hospital, he was sleeping and did not move and couldn't move. He didn't squeeze our hands, and it was, it was just a, a waiting game. And I remember moments before he took his last breath, he actually sat up in the bed and he smiled. This huge, teethy smile, because that's what Malachi was known for. He just had this smile that just could melt a room, and he just smiled real big. And then he laid his head back down on that pillow, and within moments, he was gone. And I'm like, we just got to see our son go to heaven. We just got to see our son go to heaven. And it's like, if there was ever a, a doubt, a, 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 a sliver of doubt, it was all gone. Never again will I doubt because I know what happened in that last moment. I saw it. You see, folks, I want to share with you, you're never going to get well as long as you play the victim. Okay? As long as you keep playing the victim card. See, because here's, here's the truth. You can't be healed and a victim at the same time. I need you to hear me. You can't be both. You see, what happens is a lot of people say, man, I want to be well, but I still want people to feel sorry for me. I want to be well, but I still want to complain about pain. I still, I want to be well, but I, but I, and so that's the problem is that we keep telling others that this is what I want but I, I want well, but I want to be a victim. I want, my life is always falling apart, and I, I, you can't do both. See, that's why Jesus asked the question, do you want? In fact, there are a lot of people who don't, there, it's like, hadn't done that before. Okay, great. All right. You see, a lot of us already have this freedom, but we're still living in the bondage. So there was an article, um, Psychology Today wrote an article, because I was looking up, like, why do people not want to be well? Because, I mean, here's the, the reality is this. There's a lot of people who have great homes. Uh, they, 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 have, uh, they have great families. They, they, they have children. Um, and I didn't say great children, but I mean, you know, they, they had children. You know, that's what I wanted. Are you sure? So we have, we, you know, we've got children. We've got a job. We've got a car. We have transportation. We have electricity. We have water. And, and, and then still, we have all of these things that some people just dream of. After we came back from Haiti and, and, and went to a third world country, you know, we found out this, that if you have a roof over your head, an extra change of clothes, a refrigerator with food in it, and you have um, electricity and water and, and a vehicle to get to work, those six things, you're in the top 15% of the world. Every one of you is rich. Because you start thinking about how many people live in third world countries and you start adding all that number. And before long, you realize, wow, you are in the top 15%. But we're still walking around with discouragement, depression, anger, bitterness. We're still walking away, walking around with great deals of anxiety. 
So I looked up a, a psychology, wrote this article, why, here's the reasons why people don't want to get better. People feel, F-E-E-L, it's like a four-letter cuss word, feel, this is how I feel. Why don't you tell me how you feel? People often feel more loved when they're sick and hurting, more support when their life is a mess, more comfort when they're in grief, more encouragement when they are depressed or in anxiety. So what happens is people look at that and go, wow, I feel more love when I'm sick, so I would rather just be sick so I can be more loved. But that's a lie. You're not more loved. It's the lie that you're buying into. You think, well, hey, that, and this, this is why psychology says this is the messed up lie that people are buying into is that I'm more loved when I'm down. I'm more encouraged when I'm down. I get more attention. That's the lie. That lie is holding you back from what God has for you. And many of us don't make those changes in our life. So Jesus says to them, to this man, he says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. He didn't, he didn't say a, a fancy little prayer here or anything like that. He goes, do you want to get well? The man made a bunch of excuses and then he says, get up, get up. See, you know what? We, we sometimes just need to have the Holy Spirit come over and not whisper in our ear. We need the Holy Spirit to say, get up. Get up. What are you doing lying on the ground? What are you doing walking around feeling bad for yourself? What are you doing? Get up. Pick up your mat and walk on. I remember growing up on a on a, on. on on a ranch and my dad every time I would fall off the horse and sometimes I did it on purpose I don't know why just like because I'm a squirrel and I was like this is fun and then I'd fall off and sometimes I'd actually hurt myself a little bit I remember one time we were moving cows through and and uh, I my horse just decided to chase this cow and it was a great time until there was these two locust trees and and I went right between both of them and 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 my my dad called me Scarface for a little while but I mean I had it I have scars on my eyebrows from that. And I remember it's like, my mom was like, we're taking him to the hospital. I'm like, oh, he'll be all right. Aren't you, boy? Walk it off. I mean, I can't tell you how many times as a little kid, you know, your, your, your arm bending both ways. Walk it off. I don't know what my elbow has to do with my arm, but he'll walk it off. I tell that to my kids all the time. They're like, they fall off the trampoline. They're like, ah, I'm like, walk it off. That's what I was told, and it worked for me. Look at me. You know, I mean, like, you know, so <laughs> I'm all right, you know, so. But I mean, that's sometimes what we need that Holy Spirit to do is just kind of get in your ear and just remind you, you know what? Quit feeling sorry for yourself and let's get up. Pick up that mat and let's walk on. What's I, what I love about this, at once he was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. He didn't even get his name. We're going to find that out in a little bit. didn't even get his name. And what's amazing about this in the Greek, it's present tense. It's present tense, right? So it means that this action is to be continuous or habitual. What does that mean? It means this. When you fall down, get up. When you fall down, get up. When your life is falling apart, pick it back up. 
I mean, that's the kind of authority that God has given us in his life. When you fall down, he's given you the power because you have his son and the Holy Spirit inside of you. Get back up. Get back up. What are we doing on the ground? So I want us to, we're going to, I have a, a, a quick little, I don't know how many of you have watched Chosen. It's, one of, it's my favorite TV show. There was a little clip about this exact story. So we're going to watch that if we can. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know.
Like he said, don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. So let me tell you, so that is a super easy, uh, if, if you have never watched the Chosen series, uh, it's easy. An app on your phone, it's called Angel, um, Angel Studios, and there's not only this one, but a lot of them. There's now three seasons of this. It's probably the best series on Jesus I have ever watched. I love it. I've watched it multiple times over and over and over just because it's like, and I cry all the time. I'm like, like they come in, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm going to do more, you know, so, <laughs> so uh, all right, so, so one of the things that I love about our church is our, our mission statement. Our mission statement is finding freedom to walk in purpose. See, here's the problem is, is a lot of times we, we want to go and do what God has called us out to do, but the problem is, is that we haven't found the freedom in our life. So we want to help you find freedom so that you can walk. Now here's amazing, is in John 8, 36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Galatians 5, 1 is our, one of our, our theme passages in this church. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again, like don't go back by the yoke of slavery. See, the key is, is a lot of us just need to begin to walk in the freedom you already have. See, the devil's been telling you that you're not free for a long time, and you've, if you're saved, there's probably a lot of us that are just still sitting in a cell thinking that we're in prison, thinking we're still in bondage when the door's wide open. We've allowed ourselves to go back to the slavery that we've been set free from. See, anger, you know where anger comes from? Anger comes from unforgiveness. And if you live in your anger long enough, it becomes bitterness. It'll ruin your life. The Bible says a, a little bitter root sours the whole well. What that means is that a little bit of bitterness in your life sours your whole heart, the whole thing. Getting well requires some effort. Many choose not to get better until the pain of staying the same is greater than the change needed to get better. Isn't that true? We're so afraid of the change, so we stay the same. So I don't get the, 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 the help that I need. I don't, I, I, my, our marriage is a wreck, and I don't want to go to counseling. Barbara and I went to counseling multiple times. No shame in it. It's helped us tremendously. We had a crazy cycle going on. I'm a fiery preacher. You can imagine. 
There were some fireworks, and she, if you, I'll tell you what, we both got some fire. I remember meeting her in college, and she, this little, this little fire, I'll tell you what, I was like, that's the girl for me. That's the one I want. Yep. So, sometimes she's like, man, I could have done better. <laughs> You're stuck with me. If you leave me, I'm going with you. So, here we go. So, Guys, we, we, we've got to come to this place of where we're not, we've we, we got to get past the whole wanting to stay in the same place and just hoping that things are going to get better without knowing that there's changes in our life. I won't lose weight if I don't change the way I eat. I won't, I won't remove bitterness if I don't change my forgiving habits. You see, you see what I'm saying is, is everything in my life is going to require something. When I say, do you want to get well, it's that you need to evaluate just a quick moment and say, you know, am I willing to make some changes necessary for the healing that comes with those changes? Am I willing to forgive and let go of that thing that, that hurt me so long ago? Or am I going to let that thing keep me in bondage the rest of my life? You see, the choice is yours. God is not going to make you get better. But he offers it, doesn't he? The day that this took place, back to our story, it was on a Sabbath. And so, I underline that, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. Are you kidding me? You just got to see a miracle of God and you're worried about a mat? Isn't that something? We can walk into a church and the presence of God be everywhere and we still can complain about what somebody says in the hallway. It's the same thing. We could be praising God and worshiping and then somebody does something in the seat in front of us that offends us and we miss everything that God is doing around us. Focus on Him. Focus on Him. Don't miss the move of God because of a knucklehead sitting next to you. That includes your spouse. <laughs> and, your children, and my children. Don't let my children mess with your worship. All right. Because I think what happens a lot of times is we kind of get cynical like the religious leaders. They're sitting there so worried about a guy carrying a mat, they missed the whole miracle. So, and I, I always kind of find it how, uh, kind of amazing how we, we can allow negativity to slip in so quickly. So I'm just going to read two quick passages. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. We want the God of peace without thinking about the noble stuff. I want the peace of God while I'm complaining about everything I don't like. I want God of peace to be in my heart, but I want to criticize other ministries. 
But it don't work that way. He says this, it says, when you do those things, think on those things, and then, and the peace of God. So it's like, I want the peace of God without following the rest of it. Doesn't work like that. Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So here's what happens. So, so coming back to our story, we're, we're almost there. I only have uh, a couple slides left. So he who answered, um, he answered them. And, he, he, and so the guy goes back and he's telling, um, that he, he's telling these guys, the, the religious leaders, hey, there's a guy that healed me and he told me to do this. Later on, Jesus found him, right? Verse 14. Later on, Jesus found him in the temple and he said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Hmm. Right? So, Jesus meets back up with him and says, see her well again. Kind of like the, the word again there. Again. But what I really want to focus on is this. Stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. Some of the weaknesses and the struggles that are happening in our life are because of some of the sin that we have allowed to, to remain in our, in our lives. Not every sickness and disease is tied to a sin. But there's a lot of people who are walking around in their sin and then wondering why they're sick. Or struggling. Or why their circumstances aren't good. So we've got to take care of that sin. We've got to take care of that. There's a, a young lady three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, she came up to me this last week and she said, three weeks ago, you preached on, on sin and you preached on alcohol and how drunkenness and how those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And she said, I never even thought that that was a sin. I just thought, man, I just don't like myself when I'm doing that. But I never thought, I didn't understand that, 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 that alcohol, that, that, that what I was doing to myself and, and the way that, I, that that was a sin and I went forward that day and I repented of that sin and I haven't touched it since and I haven't had desired it and I haven't had a, a craving for it and, I, and, and this is brand new in my life. I never knew that. See, there's walking around an entire life addicted to something and stuck on something and can't get rid of something and then when we realize, oh, that's a sin, I need to get that out of my life and we repent, I don't have a taste for it anymore. I don't desire it anymore. It no longer has a hold. Why? Because I wanted it. Do you want to be well? I don't want it anymore. You see, that's what repentance is. God, I don't want it anymore. I don't want. Okay. See, a lot of times we say, I want it and I want to be well. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. See, there is passages in the Bible that says there was people who were eating and drinking judgment on themselves in the, in the book of 1 Corinthians. And he, and he goes on to say, that's why many among you are weak and sick. See, a lot of us can be weak and sick because of the sin that we allow in our life. And we won't get well. We won't have that wellness, that spiritual wellness until we deal with the sin that's in our life. Some of us need to deal with that today. Some of us got some things in our life that we need to deal with today. If you're dealing with anger and bitterness and you haven't forgiven somebody, that's your own sin getting in your own way of healing. Yes, it's a sin not to forgive. 
because we're commanded by God to forgive just as he forgave us. Can you imagine if Jesus forgave you the way you forgive others? We'd all be going to hell, wouldn't we? See, some of us need to ask God to forgive us for not forgiving others. And then we need to forgive the others and walk away with the freedom and the healing and the wellness that God provides. Last verse, last slide, promise. So, so because Jesus was doing all of these things on the Sabbath, Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. I wanna, I wanna, I, here's, here's part of the problem that I see in so many Christians. If you're going to be busy doing something. You're going to be busy being sick, or you're going to be busy serving the Lord. Problem is, is a lot of us are busy sick. We're busy with being a victim. We're busy with wallowing in our sin. We're, we're busy trying to find a, a way to justify our actions. And we, we, we're busy with being busy with not doing what God has for us. And Jesus is like, I'm always at work. We have our sicknesses, our anxieties, our depressions, our struggles. We have all these kinds of things in our, in our, in our lives that are keeping us from serving the king above all kings. And I want to share this with you. Many people in the Bible served with all kinds of issues. And they still gave themselves completely to the Lord. Paul says in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians that he had a thorn in his side. Now, it was not a, we don't, I don't believe that it was a, a literal thorn in his flesh. We don't know exactly what it was. It could have been a, a physical ailment. It could have been a, a person. But he prayed three times, God, remove this. And you know what God said? No. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for in weakness I am made strong. So what he says, well, huh, then don't heal me. I'll boast all the more in my weaknesses. Did you think that the thorn in his side kept him from planting churches all over Asia? No. So God says, I'm not going to take that sickness away from you. I want you to serve in it. So he doesn't always take every physical thing from us. And he says, whatever it is, my grace is sufficient. So whether I remove it or whether you stay with it, serve me. You see, here's what's amazing. He prayed, though, didn't he? He prayed three times, God, remove it, God, remove it, God, remove it. And God said, no, my grace is enough. Okay, I'm not going to whine about it anymore. Let's go. Another guy, Timothy, uh, a young Padawan of his, uh, a mentor E, uh, in, in, the, in the book of, of 1 Timothy chapter 5, it talks about how Paul is saying, hey, because you have frequent infirmities, have a glass of wine to help your stomach every day. Don't just drink water. Drink. Some of you are like, yeah, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. What I'm wanting you to see, though, is this, is that sometimes God leaves those physical ailments. Sometimes God leaves that so that you can show your faith serving with it. But I can promise you this. God doesn't want you to carry around bitterness in your heart. He doesn't want you to carry any of the things in your heart that don't belong there. So I want you to bow your heads today. I want to ask the prayer team, go ahead and get in your places.
maybe God was speaking to you today. And maybe there's something that he's laying on your heart right now. We have our prayer team is going to be located at the two big crosses. And they're going to be here to pray with you. Maybe there's something that you need some help. I need somebody to pray with me. I, I, I don't know how to let this go. Or I need to talk to someone about this right now. I need somebody to pray over me. That's what they're here to do for you today. Some of us right now have some sin in our life that's causing weakness and sickness and anxiety and depression and maybe even physical ailments. If you have sin in your life that needs to be dealt with, just like that sweet young lady just a couple of weeks ago came forward and repented of her sin and walked away with healing that only God can provide. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe there's some things in your heart that you need to be prayed over. So every head bowed and every eye closed. Go ahead, Cheyenne. If you need prayer, first step is this. I just want you to slip your hand up in the air. I need somebody to pray with me today. Throw your hand up in the air. Don't be afraid. Throw that hand up in the air. There we go. Okay. I need somebody to pray with me. So I'm going to ask you to now... Your hands up in the air. Go ahead and stand up. Don't be afraid. Come on, stand up. Okay? Then I want you to come out to these crosses, to where our prayer team is. Tell them exactly what you want them to pray over. I need prayer over this. I need prayer over this. Now, if, if you don't need someone to pray with you and you just want somebody to put their hand on you and pray, you come on up to the altar and we will have people all around you praying. But if God's telling you, don't you ignore his call. Don't you dare ignore his call. Don't you walk out of this place without God touching your life and giving to you what he promised. God is good. Father, hear their prayers. God, hear your people today. Lord, there are people today calling out to you right now. They're asking for you to touch their lives. God, there's some people here today saying, God, please take away my depression. Take away my anxiety. Take away my fear. Take away my pain. Take away my anger. Lord, hear your people's prayers today. Lord, please forgive those who are seeking forgiveness. And make sure, Lord, that they feel that clean, purified heart that you can give and only you can give. Those who seek salvation, Lord, you promised to save us. When we seek you, you promise to save. God, heal your people today. 
touch their lives. Do the work that only you can do.